Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, today, I sat down with Casey Gaylord, who is someone I'm just really acquainted with. Um, honestly, didn't know incredibly too well before this podcast. I've uh, known him for a long time, seen his name for a long time, uh, and vice versa, but just never really talked with him. Um, but we got to hear his story as usual. Um, but we also spent a ton of time talking about like heart checks and like checking ourselves and seeing am I really being an ambassador of Christ um, so what that means um, but yeah enjoy there we go and we are live uh, welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm sitting down with uh, Casey Gaylord, someone who I'm really just acquainted with, um, known for a long time. I don't know if you've known me for a long time. But, I have. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's good. I guess. Um, yeah, no, I've known you through camp, summer mm-hmm. games. We've both been there for a long time. How long have you been there? So last year was the first year that I missed. Um, it would have been my twelfth year, I think. Jeez. So I was a camper from the year after sixth grade through high school my the year before the year after before after after my senior year was uh (laughs) the last year I was a camper and then I was a a huddle leader for since then so uh yeah and I was on this is the year I was on staff committee so I was going to be training huddle leaders and uh, I was doing interviews and all these things so it's been awesome to be a part of each step of the process I was on the band only one year and didn't do huddle leading and so I've yeah I've been in, involved in every every part of it and it's it's so awesome. Yeah no I I didn't I, like I saw I saw you on the you're you're the drummer right I remember that. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've known you for like a long time seeing you at camp all the time. I just remember you being super tall and like me in sixth <laughs> grade. How how old are you? You're like I'm 24. Okay yeah I'm 19 so five mm-hmm. year difference sixth grade Adam. You're like super tall. That's all I remember really clearly about you. Um, yeah, I wasn't always tall. I was five foot two my freshman year. <laughs> really? And I, I grew a, foot, a lot better. <laughs> I grew a foot in two years in high school. So well, I didn't. So yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's still hope. I think I had now, a growth spurt in college also. So well, my destiny right now is to lose my hair, according to my <laughs> my dad's genetics and my mom's yeah. genetics also. Yeah. So I don't really have a chance to have hair that's anymore. Right. We're all God's um, children. Doesn't <laughs> that's, matter. That's that. true. Hair or no hair. Right. circumcision or no circumcision <laughs> but were you involved like how how did you get involved with summer games yeah so my home church so I'm from Davenport and yeah. my home church that I grew up in Christ Christ United Methodist Church is what it was called then but Christ Church now uh, which is actually where I'm a ministry intern and uh, I'm very involved in their youth group youth ministry now but um, I grew up in that church and I was always super involved and our church was a big supporter of summer games. And so I was always excited to go. And then when it was my time to go, I went with all my, my church pals and, and just fell in love and, and just loved camp every single year. And uh, admittedly, the, maybe the first few years I wasn't going for, for Jesus. And I, wasn't, I was just going because it was super fun. And yeah. um, then in high school, I was just going for girls. But I figured it out eventually. You know, I, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and, and just really just discovered Jesus in a very real way. Um, 
and saw Jesus and other people and was able to meet people that were older than me and see how they were living out their faith and were being involved. And so it was just a great space for me to, to see the Christian faith emulated and Christian community and how it was supposed to work. So, yeah, let's uh, back a little bit. Let's just like tell my story. Uh, like, how were you saved? What was it like growing up? Um, or even like, how did the gospel become like real to you, I guess? Yeah, sure. So I, I was thinking about how, how to answer this question and, and, and what the key parts of my testimony were. And I was just thinking how, how awesome it is that like your testimony is never done. Right. right. And so my testimony has changed radically even over this last year. Yeah, the same. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, what, what was my testimony my freshman year of college is, is maybe not even the important part now. So right. yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to, to hit the meat of it. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I said, I grew up in the church and never knew anything other than that. I had parents that raised me in the church and was baptized, went through confirmation, was involved in youth group in, in, in uh, middle school and high school. And, um, yeah, I'll just fly through that. So yeah. the, I would say the most significant thing that happened in my faith, uh, was summer games, my senior year, um, I had a huddle leader who I was got really close with, and I was kind of the the adult of the group. This is before they split middle school and high school uh, up. Mm. So there were middle schoolers and high schoolers together in a huddle, and so uh, I was the oldest of the of the of the campers in that group, and so I was kind of like a, a secondary leader, if you will. And I I I had the head knowledge of Jesus and the gospel, and I knew everything was real and truth. But I didn't feel that in my heart. And I never had my aha God moment where God was real to me. Like I, the, the thing that I would always say was, I just wish that I had like a cool God story. Like, yeah. like um, I was in a car accident and everything was destroyed around right. me except for my seat. And like God saved me. And now I have purpose like mm-hmm. with that gift of life that I have from God. That's how I know he's real. I never had that, you know, I, I was a good kid in high school and I never really got into trouble or never really had any strife in my life, which is, you know, an extreme blessing. And, and we'll get to that. But yeah, I just craved this, this, like almost this tragedy in my life to, yeah. to know the good with, with where the bad is. And so, yeah, I, I brought this up to that huddle leader and I said, you know, I don't really have a testimony. Like I don't, I don't have this story of, of how I know God. And I just have always gone to church and that's it, you know? And, and she told me, uh, she said like, you know, Casey, you just look around you in your life. Like that is your testimony. Like the blessings that you've just told me about, like all the things that are great in your life, like that is God's hand moving in your life. And so that was kind of the first, uh, switch into God being real for me and the gospel being, being in my heart rather than in my head. So I go to college and my freshman year, I don't get involved at all. I, uh, I went with a girlfriend from high school and we were just sexually impure and I didn't care to get involved in my faith. And I'd kind of fallen away in high school anyway, because I was so busy with uh, sports and music and all the things that high schoolers get involved with. And so I, <laughs> I, I realize now this is going to be long, but <laughs> no, that's, that's all right. That's okay. good. That's good stuff. Okay. I'll keep going. Uh, so yeah, so summer games rolls around and I have not been going to church at all. I haven't been involved and I applied to be a huddle leader. This would have been my first year as a huddle leader because I'm like, that was my dream the whole time. I was like, 
I'm, I just see myself in that role Mm -hmm. and I apply and there's, I get an email that's like, you know, Casey, we, so I, I had listed churches in the area that I knew that, that I said I was going to, but I wasn't, but I knew like the pastors from, from growing up in the Methodist church and being involved. And they had asked those pastors if I was going to church and they had said, no, I haven't seen that kid like since the first month of school, like August. Right. And so uh, I got found out and (laughs) I had to have a sit down meeting with one of the pastors and essentially I just confessed to him what had been happening. And um, it's not that I didn't have opportunities to get plugged in. I had uh, a really good friend of mine who would constantly reach out to me and uh, ask if I wanted to come to church with him or wanted to, he was involved in salt. And so he he Mm -hmm. would always invite me to salt and I would always make up an excuse and all these things. But anyway, that pastor gave me, believed me that I wanted to be involved and wanted to change. And uh, yeah, I was able to be a huddle leader and it was an amazing experience. And I had this, this transformational week about, uh, of just conviction of how I was living life. And um, yeah, the, the life I was running away from or wasn't pursuing uh, in Jesus. And so I came home and, you know, had a heart to heart with that girlfriend at the time. And so we stopped having sex and then I got involved. And uh, so I got involved in Salt Company in my sophomore year. And eventually that girl and I broke up. But um, so I was involved in Salt Company throughout college, uh, through my my fifth year of college. Hmm. And uh, yeah, and, and, and now my head knowledge was getting, was increasing but I still, it still wasn't there for me in my heart, right? I, I was still just kind of legalistic, mm-hmm. which is the way I grew up. I was, you know, I don't do bad things because they're bad. And I yeah. know that, but I don't have a desire to not do bad things. I don't have a motivation. Like I didn't have my why I didn't do these bad things. It was just because I knew that they were wrong and <laughs> was a good kid, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so didn't drink till I was 21, you know, all these things. And um, there was eventually a, a breaking point and there was a time where I uh, was able to uh, rationalize in my brain um, kind of being a hypocritical Christian through through that time where uh, I was super involved in I was a connection group leader I was you know in D group I was um, you know on the worship team at salt and I was also sexually impure with that girlfriend that I had at the time and I was able to rationalize it by saying, oh, I have all these good things that I'm doing. And as long as they're not being hindered by my actions and by my sin, I can have this sin on the side, mm. right? That was the way that I yeah. uh, worked it out in my head. And looking back, that was a major hindrance on, on my growth, my spiritual growth, my relationship with Christ. And the, eventually, I'm going to shorten this part down. This is a story for another yeah. time, but I'll generalize it. <laughs> Um, I came forward with that sin and confessed it and I was not really cared for in the best way um, and was asked to essentially leave uh, the ministry. And so I took that really, really hard. And mm-hmm. instead of turning to Christ in that time, I, I backed away. And so throughout all of this, there was an underlying depression that I hadn't addressed and didn't even realize was kind of brewing in me. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that got to the point to where in, in January last year, the beginning of last year, January, February, I, uh, I walked away from the church for the first time in my life. So I mm. basically made the decision to say, if I'm going to be this hypocritical Christian, then do I really care about my faith? Right. And why am I, why am I 
identifying myself as a sinner and just constantly feeling bad about my actions and not ever making any progress the other way. So, so why am I straining my soul in this way, essentially? Because right. I, I had this, these sin struggles, whether it be drinking or, or, or sex or whatever, and I would always feel really bad about them. And I would go to Salt and I would get convicted and I would promise to God I'd make a change and it never would happen. And so I decided that I was kind of sick of feeling like a terrible person, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I made the decision for myself that I wasn't going to care about Christian living or I wasn't going to care about um, having Christian morals and just lived in the world. You know, I hate, I really hate that churchy, you know, of the flesh or in the world, like, but that's, that's the easiest way to say it. And so, uh, so yeah, I, from about that time, January, February of 2019 to like July, I was just doing whatever I wanted to do, partying super hard and, uh, you know, getting involved in things I shouldn't have gotten involved in and never had before. And I hate that my testimony is now like I had to do bad things to find out that they were bad, that all these people, <laughs> all these years have told me that are bad. But now like I know, but it wasn't enough for me to hear that because Jesus wasn't in my heart. And so the turning point was I got exhausted from living that way hmm. and it wasn't doing anything for my depression and it wasn't doing anything for my joy in life. It was just putting band-aids over everything. And at, at my core, I'm not that person. And so hmm. I, I was pretending to care about partying and I was pretending to pursue this lifestyle because, um, yeah, let's call it a rebellious phase. Uh, but it didn't do anything for me. And I realized through that process that, I was way more joyful and was way more full when I was in Christ and when I was in Christian community. And so I decided to come back to church. I started shopping for churches in the area and uh, yeah, I ended up going to a church in North Liberty called Grace, which was so awesome for me to return to the church and, and to uh, the pastor there, Brooke Simpson is, is an amazing speaker and uh, yeah, amazing guy. And so um, looking back on that, when I was back in the church, I just truly realize the steadfast love that, that Christ has for us, right. As his children. And mm. um, yeah, just, just that just washed. I'm a crier. So if I cry once or twice throughout this, it might happen. But, I am too. Uh, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just being able to reflect on that time away from Christ um, <laughs> just washed over me about how much he loves me and forgives me and cares for me and how, yeah, how his hand like was never not on my life. And yeah, so that, that moment, I, I can't tell you a specific moment, but, but in that time of, of looking back on my journey, like away and back to the church was, was truly what made God move into my heart from my head because I had known all the Bible stories since I was a kid, but it never actually registered uh, the, authenticity of God's hand in my life until then. Hmm. So, yeah. So that was in July that I had came back to church and kind of had this big realization. And in August, August or September, I had decided that I wanted to pursue ministry. Um, I had ran from that for a long time and uh, everyone, even growing up in the church as like, you know, a middle school or elementary school kid, people had said to me like, Casey, you're either going to be, a politician or a pastor, like with that personality or whatever. And, uh, and I was like, Oh, no, I, I always had the mentality of like, oh, I want to be 
like the light in the world, right? I don't want to work in a church. I, I want to be in, I want to be bringing people to church from outside of church. And, uh, and just, you know, once I came back to church and once I realized how much God cared for me, uh, I, I realized that's the only thing I'm passionate about is, is working for him directly and, uh, and doing what I can for his kingdom. So, yeah, I think yeah. I got the meat of it. I think I, I covered it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now you're, you're, you're the internet Christ church right now in Danville, right? Like your mm-hmm. home church. I think yep. I heard you preach once like John something, John three or John 15. So I, I preached in December there, uh, on life verses, my, my favorite life verses. Yes. That's were, what it was. I remember that. Yeah. It was, uh, first John one to four, uh, second Timothy one, seven, second Timothy one, seven and <laughs> Psalm one, one to three. And uh, I'm actually preaching again this week, this weekend for Father's Day. So, what are you preaching about? The prodigal son, which is very okay. ironic because yeah, that that's is <laughs> essentially that's, my testimony. That's, yeah, as you were saying, I was thinking like, huh, that sounds a little bit like, yeah. I don't know, the prodigal son was that like Luke, Luke 15, Luke, yeah. Okay. And so that that parable means a whole lot to me. So it was mm. very fun that that James asked me to preach on that for Father's Day. So, mm. yeah, yeah. One fun question always is like, what. Uh, I always like kind of hate this question, kind of like it at the same time because it kind of mm-hmm. is a bad question in a way. But like, <laughs> what does the future in ministry look like for you? Do you think? Yeah. Like so, after intern, after interning and whatever. So I had like a semester of college left, and I am a terrible student, and I hate school, <laughs> and, and uh, it was more so just I was never motivated to be in school, and I never really cared about the classes I was taking, and didn't you know until until last fall I didn't know what my passion was in life I didn't know what I wanted to do and so it was hard for me to be motivated for school and so I had like a semester left but that that depression was a lot of it was fueled by failure in school and running away from my responsibilities in school and so I just decided that I needed to you know if I needed to finish in the future I would but uh yeah I I just told so James and Helen uh our parks are the, the pastors at Christ Church and I had told them that I wanted to pursue ministry and they pretty quickly asked if I wanted to be their intern. Christchurch has never had an intern before. So I'm, I'm the first one, but um, that quickly turned into um, kind of a discussion to maybe moving into a youth ministry role. And uh, I told them I wasn't going back to school in the fall. And so uh, we're going to see where that goes, but yeah, they offered me an, an intern position for, for now. And so eventually I, I want to be a lead pastor. That is where I see, my strengths being used the best. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the depth that I want to live in as far as like discussing faith and, and, and yeah, I enjoy preaching, but you know, it's funny when you talk about, so, so for a long time, I was really bitter at summer games because I was a veteran huddle leader and I was, you know, I, I like to think that I was successful in, in leading my huddles and I, was committed and I was I always ask myself why are they not asking me to do more like why are they not putting me at a higher you know place than huddle leader or why am I not getting more responsibility why am I not doing these things and it, and it kind of was uh, like a growing seed in me for a long time and it wasn't until I decided this year that I said you know what I don't need any of that responsibility I'm just going to come humbly and I'm going to love to be a huddle leader. And I'm going to like, mm. you know, that is what I'm going to pour my heart into. And it, 
it's no surprise to me that God put it on the hearts of the staff committee to ask me to be a part of that this year and, and have that responsibility <laughs> right. that I so thought I deserved for so long. And yeah, God is the original sense of humor. He has the original sense of humor in this world and, and that is never lost on me. So yeah, with, with my plan wanting to be a lead pastor, I will not be surprised if, if I end up somewhere else or if that's not the path that God has for me. And that's fine. And I'm just ready to say yes to God. You know, yeah. that, that's really what we're at. faithful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, going a little back to like the summer games part, uh, what would you say to like a younger, even like a younger self of you, like at that time, or like another student who wants to be in like a better leadership position, or like even like the students who aren't hollered yet, but just want it, like they think I deserve that. Mm-hmm. I should be there. I'm this, this, mm-hmm. this. Like, yeah, what would you say? How would you speak life into those type of people? Yeah, so I think the thing for me was, so so going back to my testimony a little bit, I had said, like, you know, maybe I wasn't cared for the best at that church I was at, or um, there were some people that, that didn't, yeah, pour into me in the way that they should when I, when I came forward with my sin struggles or whatever. But um, I think looking back now, it's easy for me to say, well, I wasn't in a position to be pastored to. Like I wasn't in a mental space to, to receive, you know, forgiveness yeah. and grace. I was angry and I was sinful and I was frustrated with my life, you know? So, so one thing that, that when I look back at my experience about craving that, that next step and craving that responsibility and, and wanting to be viewed as a better Christian, right? Quote unquote, better Christian, mm-hmm. uh, which is not what it is, but that's what it feels like when you get more responsibility in, in faith based operation. Um, I would say to, yeah, to, to reflect on yourself and, and ask, am I ready for that? Or am I, you know, am, would I be good in that role? And, and then after that ask, can't, will I be happy with what God has for me in my life? And that was the question that I, I had to, I think at the, at the core of my testimony was, do I trust God with my happiness? And mm. the answer was no for a really long time. And I had to fi- try and find my own happiness and it didn't work, <laughs> of course. But yeah. for, so for me to come humbly back to, to summer games and say, I don't, I don't need that higher role. I am, I am ready to, to just serve in whatever way that I'm needed, that is the attitude that, that the kingdom of God needs, right? And that is the attitude that, that God seeks after, to say, God, whatever space you need me to serve in and to, uh, to work for your kingdom, that is what I will be celebrating in. And so that, that is the mentality you have to have when you're, when you're, when you're asking to, to, yeah, evangelize or to um, serve the kingdom of God because that is where the most fruit is going to be. I, I trust that God will place each and every person that seeks after wanting to, to be the hands and feet. He will place them in the right place and they'll, and they will be prosperous in whatever role that they're in. So. Yeah. Like one of the things I was talking with the younger, younger students last week. No, like on Sunday. So like a few days ago. Um, and like even just younger students in general, just talking with like, Something like approach me like, hey, I want to. I'm thinking about applying to be a huddle leader, uh, and like, or being this leadership leadership position. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you like? Would you accept me? Whatever. I, I I would ask a lot of times like, why do you want to be a leader? And their response, I hear a lot like, well, I've been here for this many years, and mm-hmm. I think that I'm just ready now. I want to teach these kids what I learned. I 
um, I want to lead my kids to Christ. And I'm like, wait, 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 chill out. Uh, you just made it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. And actually, do you love Jesus as much as you, say, as you say you do? Probably not with that response. Like, honestly, I don't tell them like, you don't love Jesus. Cause that's a little like <laughs> a little harsh. And yeah. as a high schooler, they probably would be very defensive. I probably would have been really defensive. Actually, I don't know, probably, but I got declined my first time. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was weird for me when I got declined. Like, I wasn't bitter. I was like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I still was super self centered with it. Yeah. I think I just thought, like, oh, maybe I'm just, like, not bitter about it. People will think I'm great or something. I don't mm-hmm. really know. That was yeah, a few years for ago. Sure. Um, but it was humbling for me uh, to not be in that position. Cause, like, for one, like, I don't need. I don't need to be ministering to kids. Like I don't need to. Right. I just need to be faithful with whatever, whatever I'm doing. And I had, my leader was Jenna Lindhart uh, that mm-hmm. year when I got declined. And it was probably like the most like fruitful thing for like for the future, because while one of the people who like helped me get plugged into salt, to, into salt so easily and like it's so my college ministry was Jenna Lindhart. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't know, like if I was a leader or if I didn't go to camp that year cause I was just bitter or whatever, um, I didn't know Jenna, like this year would have sucked for me, honestly. Like I wouldn't be in salt like as deeply as I am. I wouldn't be plugged in with a bunch of staff. Um, I might be just at a whole different ministry or church. Yeah. And so like looking back, I'm like, God, Adam, you're an idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, a lot of the time we look back and, and just laugh at, at what God, we, at just seeing what God has done from the place that we didn't want to be at, you know? And, uh, yeah, humility is, is such a hard thing to do. Humility and, and motivation, because you have to ask yourself, like you said, what, what is my motivation for wanting this thing in my life, right? Yeah. And, and, for, and for me, it was, I want to see people, I want people to think of me as a better Christian. I want people to see me as hmm. uh, this cool guy who is super faithful and is, you know, is yeah. really in touch with God. And that wasn't the reality at all of where I was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Plus, like, or kind of moving on, but not really. One thing you wanted to talk about was like heart checks and like mm-hmm. reflecting on life and um, asking the question, like, what am I doing to like outwardly being ambassador of Christ? Yeah. But also like, what am I, where am I wrong in life? I think, yeah, the, one of the questions like I was thinking of like in general is like, how am I wrong? And I just wish that there were more people who were willing to sit down with me and tell me like where I was wrong. But I also sure. wish, I was more willing to say, oh yeah, I was wrong here. I'm not right. Like 90% of the time, way more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's interesting because, so you asked me, you texted me and asked if I, or you called me and asked if I'd be on the podcast and I said, of course, that'd be awesome. So, but I thought it would be disrespectful to have not listened to any of the episodes yet. Oh, and, hey, it's a it. and so I listened to Tyler's and uh, the, so Tyler moved to Iowa city as he talked about mm-hmm. And, uh, in the summer when I was coming back to church, so I visited camp that year on the Wednesday, but I wasn't involved. I just came and visited to Grinnell Remember and that. saw Tyler. And then I came to Marion a couple of weeks and you gave me that. I also remember that. He would love first bracelet. Well, I think I have it right here. Hold on. I had a, I bought a ton of those in accident. Well, I bought a ton of them and you I just gave them all out. You gave me this at I'm honored. Marion Methodist. And so, uh, <laughs> I had, I had seen Tyler there. And he told me he was transferring to Iowa. So I had met Tyler 
his first year when he was a huddle leader. And I just thought like, wow, this kid's a rock star. And, uh, and would have loved to known him, know him better. And so he told me he was moving to Iowa city. And I said, Hey, we should grab coffee every week. And like, you know, just, just, yeah, maintain community. And, and, uh, so we did every, every single week until Corona happened, we, uh, we <laughs> met for coffee. And so when Tyler was talking about his community and when he was talking about the people that, you know, he was involved with and he didn't mention me, I got pretty salty and I had called <laughs> I called him earlier today and asked him if I could say this and, and talk about this. And he said it was okay. But <laughs> that in turn asked, I asked myself the question, why do I care? Right. What is in it for me for Tyler to say my name on the, on the podcast? Right. Like what, why does my heart crave that so much? And, uh, I talked to the girl I'm dating now. I, I just talked to her about this idea of like reflecting on yourself and, and asking yourself the question, what am I doing outwardly to be an ambassador for Christ? Like you said, I love mm-hmm. the, the, the wording of that. Uh, and just that question, um, is something I try to rest in and I'm not perfect, not even close. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when you sit back and ask yourself that question, it reveals a lot of things that you could be doing better. And and it's, it's kind of a trap because yeah, you'll notice things in other people that, that identify as Christian where it says, well, they're not being an ambassador for Christ. And we, we kind of put ourselves on that high horse Mm -hmm. and say, you know, at least I'm not doing that. But in that mentality, you're placing yourself above them. And you're saying, I'm better than them, at least. And that is not being ambassador for Christ, <laughs> right? And so it's this constant battle of, of just, you know, we are at, at, at its core, Christian living is being an ambassador for Christ. I think anything that you would talk about of being a goal as a Christian, like in your life, you can point it towards that sentence and being an ambassador for Christ, whether it's evangelizing or serving or, you know, giving to charity or, uh, yeah, anything, anything is our goal as Christians is to be an ambassador for Christ. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what has been on my heart a lot recently is why do I need to place myself above other people? Why do I need to be recognized even Mm -hmm. like there, there, I could go, to a foreign country and not tell anyone and do amazing works for the kingdom and, uh, and not post about it and not tell anyone. And that would be okay in God's yeah. eyes. Right. Like, like, and, and I'm not trying to get on my high horse about vanity or like, Oh, why do we even post on social media? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. It's, I will. <laughs> it's, it's great to share victories in the kingdom. Right. And it's great to, it, it, it and the other question mm-hmm. is where's my heart at? with these things right because you know if you post about your mission trip a lot of the time it's people like to say oh well you just wanted to show other people you're being a good christian but no that's a that's a victory you know and that is something that that you went out and did and it's okay to share that with your friends but if that's where your heart is at then it's the right thing to do but yeah 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 one thing oh yeah go ahead i i just wanted to say i was reflecting on that today and before we we started this and just saying like understanding what what paul said where where he said of sinners i am the worst and yeah. I, growing up i was like paul <laughs> shut your mouth dude like you're i know you're not <laughs> you're literally writing the bible okay so i don't know how you can call yourself the worst sinner but but the more you ask yourself the question how am i being an ambassador for christ in my daily life 
I'm not even talking about like private sin struggles or things that you only talk about with your small group or family. Like those, those are important things, but those aren't affecting people outwardly or your, your daily interactions. That is something that, how am I being an ambassador for Christ in my outward daily life? And when you ask yourself that question, how did I interact with that person? How did I think about that person when they walked by? Um, you know, how did I care for that person that, that uh, came to me with something? Uh, you know, when we are outwardly Christians, those things are convicting when we, when we aren't answering in the way that Jesus would or when we aren't stepping in the way that Jesus would. And so you begin to understand why Paul would write something like that, of sinners, I am the worst. Yeah. And, and it's, not, it's not something to beat yourself up about, but it's a motivating thing. And, you know, I don't, I, conviction it sounds like a really harsh word. But motivation is a synonym that I would use to, yeah, it's like, why would I not want to love people in that way? And why would I not want to care for people in the way that Jesus would? So yeah. like looking at it, like externally, I'm sure Paul did all these great things. Like he clearly was an ambassador of Christ, like wrote yeah. big part of the Bible, um, preached in places super far and like super like um, unreached. So like internally, I yeah. know Paul had such a, greater understanding of his sin mm-hmm. and greater understanding like his sin was actually so much more eternal and so much worse than he actually like thought. And every day it was getting more and more uh, in debt. Um, and I talked about it in my other, one of my other podcasts, but like the difference between like good and bad days, mm-hmm. uh, like on a good day, I'm like, I remember, I read my Bible. I did this, 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 and it's really easy to get into that spot and say like, Oh, well I'm good. I'm righteous. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And it was like the other side, like bad day where it's like, I didn't read my Bible today. I barely prayed. I um, did this sin and this sin. And I'm just ashamed. And like that leads some people like to go into shame. And it's like a weird balance between like two, like some days are good days. Some days are bad days, but like finding the good balance between. Um, yeah. And finding that balance is after you realize like, oh crap, I am a sinner. Yes. Mm-hmm. And both sides, but also Christ died for me. And now I'm forgiven. Like right. that that's love. I, yeah. It was, it's that's what, what really I pushed to speak me into is like, yeah, <laughs> not that there aren't no bad days, but, mm. but we are washed over with forgiveness. And that yeah. is such a relief and something to just rest in. Right. Like when I, when I do a heart check or when I say, Oh, I, I thought something bad about that person that just walked by or, or I, uh, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had time in my day to reach out to this person that had brought something up to me. Mm-hmm. That is okay. Because and, and, I mean, it's not okay. Like I should have done those things, but when I don't do those things or when I sin, whether, you know, whether it's lustful thoughts or, uh, you know, drinking too much or whatever, the, the, those things are not great, but we are forgiven by the blood of Christ, right? That's the gospel. And, you know, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us and we'll continue to, to wash over that. I, I guess I like saying wash over, but it just mm-hmm. paints a, a beautiful image in my mind. Um, and so, yeah, that was something that I had a hard time coming to terms with when I came back to church of like, just feeling forgiven for the things that I had done. Right. And, and there was this guilt in me of like, you know, am I worthy of the love of Christ? Right. And am I worthy to be in this community and that's something that a lot of people struggle with. 
And mm-hmm. the answer will always be yes. The answer is you're always worthy of, of Christ's love and you are always worthy uh, of, of his promise, right? That, that if we call on his name and if we claim him as Lord, that we'll be in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. I had a, a co-connection group leader in college that did a, an exercise with us uh, and he, he had proposed the question to our group. He had said, on a scale of one to a hundred, like percentage wise, how sure are you that you're going to heaven? And he went last, but a lot, a lot of the guys went around and said like, Oh, I'm like 80% or like, you know, 50%, like, you know, I'm, I really don't know. And at the end he was like, I know for sure a hundred percent that I'm going to heaven. Hmm. And, and just resting in that is, is such a huge step, but it allows us to forgive ourselves of the things of our shortcomings and of our flaws and of our sin. Right. Because I think the, the, the rut we get into is, Oh, well, I'm, I'm a sinner. My identity is a sinner. And when I was in college, my identity for a lot of the time was sinner, right? Not child of God, not mm-hmm. saved, not loved. Right. It was, it was person living in sin. And until I was able to forgive myself and understand the forgiveness that God had for me, uh, I, I could have, I could take no steps forward. And so going back to heart checks, they are not meant to, to beat you down on your daily life when you fall short of walking like Jesus, right? Like that, yeah. that's, a, that's such a hard task and that's not lost on, on God or anyone around you. But I think the, the understanding of the forgiveness that Christ has for us and the acceptance and the love uh, allows you to get over those bad days and get motivated back onto the good days track. Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes me think of like, I think it's first Corinthians four where it's Paul's talking. He's like, I think where he's like, oh, let me just find it. I don't want to just misquote it. I'll go there with you. I'm a big read directly from the book guy. I, I, if, I, yeah. if I'm thinking, Oh, I think it's this. I'll, I'll go. I'm going to open I'll it up. up. Yeah. This might, might as well. Uh, first Corinthians yeah, for I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of steward, stewards that they should be found faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or any human court. In fact, I do not even look at myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is, it is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time before the Lord comes, who will be who will bring the light, the things now hidden in the darkness, and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his condemnation from God. And I think that's just such a, like a beautiful thing to me. Like I can look at the cross now, or like heart check myself, not look back at myself or look mm-hmm. back at another person and judge them, um, but I can just see the cross for what it is, and yeah. just live in that and. And so on my good and bad days, instead of bringing myself back up or bringing myself lower, I just look at the cross. Um, yeah, that's such a great word. And, and it, 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 it beautifully describes the balance between working toward, working toward a Christian lifestyle and also uh, being able to forgive yourself from sins and find that middle ground, right? Because on one hand, there's, there's living in sin. And on the other hand, there's cheap grace, right? Which yeah. is... Oh, don't worry. I'm forgiven by God. I can do whatever mm. I want. Right. You, you talked yeah. about that in one of your past podcasts. I don't remember which one, but you didn't, but I was like, that's cheap grace. Yeah. Is, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's uh, what I was thinking of. 
it's like when it, like I think it was like with Tyler, like evangelizing or talking yeah. about the gospel in general, it can't just be sure, yeah, God yeah, loves you, or it just can't be you're a sinner because then you miss the whole point. Like you're yeah. not just stuck in sin, um, or you're not just so, like forgiven. Or well, oh, wait, that was a little. <laughs> I forgot where I was going with that, but you're not just like you can't just do anything right. you want with your sin now because you're forgiven. Right. But and when you under and when you understand or begin to understand the entirety of the gospel about, yeah, I, I am, I am a sinner and I do fall short of the grace of God, but that's okay because He still chooses me every single yeah. day and He still loves me and forgives me every single day. And and so this scripture that you just read is is a great idea of like I don't concern myself with what I'm doing. All I'm doing is just pursuing Christ. Like that right. is, that is my life's goal. And am I doing that daily? And that's what it's all about. Hmm. Yeah. One of this, this verse, or at least when I was like trying to deal with a ton of pride, uh, this verse is just so helpful to me in just like a ton of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like how do I do with pride? Well, look at the cross. Yeah. And there's, there's some, there's some, uh, scripture that is like very convicting about that. Like I can't have sin and, uh, Christ in my life. They can't coexist. So first Corinthians 10, 22, uh, is or 10, 21, first Corinthians 10, 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of mm. demons, which, you know, that is not the, the love side of the gospel. That is the, you know, don't be a sinner side. Well, it's loving in, in taking us away from sin and, right. and condemning sin. But uh, that's not the feel-good words. Those are the mm-hmm. words that, that make you go, oh, crap, like, I need to be better. And, uh, but again, if you, hear, if you only hear that, if you only hear you're a sinner and you're convicted and you are doing, <laughs> you could be doing better, it's really hard to like rise to that challenge unless you understand it's exactly what you talked about Tyler, right? With understanding both sides of the gospel, the, the conviction and the salvation. It's so mm. important to, to have both of those pieces. I really like this next verse after that. It says, shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? I'm like, Oh no, right. God, no, I am not. And it, yeah. And it goes back to humility, right? The idea of being humble where I talked about in my testimony, like, do I trust God with my happiness? Do I trust God mm-hmm. with the plan in my life? Uh, and, that's, and that's not an easy thing to give up. And, and I like to think that I have, but I'll probably look back in, in a year or six months and be like, no, I wasn't ready to let go of this thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's so awesome that, that we can just rest in the fact that, that God has us in his hands, right? That mm-hmm. is once you truly get that in your heart and it took me so long and it was an exhausting journey to finally get to that point. But uh, yeah, I'm so glad that I am now, or at least more so than I was. Right. Right. Sanctification is a lifelong process. And I think a lot of like Christians, um, they just want to like do, 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 and like do a bunch of great things like, like evangelize or um, be a leader here or whatever. Yeah. Um, But like, Sometimes we just not just we just gotta sit with God and just be in His presence and uh, live in His Word. Um, yeah, I think. Oh, my temptation before was just to like, yeah, do this and this and this and this, and not be with God. But like we see with Jesus, um, He takes so much time alone. Like He's uh, talking to crowds, 
he can't find time to be alone with God. So he just does it all night. He's like, you know what? It's like midnight, but I'm just going to go to the mountains and be alone with God. Mm-hmm. Um, even like going to the wilderness for 40 days. I found this really interesting. Um, the word for wilderness in Greek is eremos. And that word can be also translated to like solitude place or like mm-hmm. quiet place or uh, alone place. Like, but Jesus, while he's being tempted, um, he's actually just with God. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why he's so easily able to like resist. It's not yeah. because like, like Jesus got like just God, like that's why it's so easy, but also yeah. because like he is with God constantly. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus is constantly with God, then I don't know, maybe, maybe that he, maybe I should do that too. Maybe I should like take time to be alone <laughs> might with be a God. Good idea. Right. Yeah. And that, that Jesus guy might have it figured out. He, he might know what he's doing. Yeah. God might actually have an idea what he's mm-hmm. doing with. And, and he didn't even post it on Instagram. Literally. Like, so. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Uh, everyone this is kind of like a different topic. Now, but I kind of hate social media <laughs> and I hate, I hate Instagram. I hate Twitter. I hate Facebook. I hate yeah. TikTok. And I, I think, I think it's easy to be cynical about that kind of stuff. I think it's easy to point at people and say, Oh, yeah. they're, they're so vain and they only yeah. care about glorifying themselves. And you know, Oh, there's only happy things on social media. And I think that is a great space to check yourself in. Right. We just right. Talk about heart checks. And so I don't know their heart, right? I don't know mm-hmm. their motivation for doing these things. I, I like to think when I post on social media that I'm sharing something to my friends or the people that follow me want to see what's going on in my life. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'm not going to post the bad stuff, but it's, it's nice to share victories and it's nice to right. share good yeah. days. And yeah, I, I felt the same way for such a long time. Um, and then just kind of realized like, who am I to, to be mad about this stuff? Who am I yeah. to like call people out? Right. And uh, you know, that's between them and God. And that right. is like such a cliche statement, but uh, the reason why cliches are said a lot is because they're true. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of true. But yeah. like, I was on Twitter for a while, and I had Ben Borwick, a uh, mutual friend of ours, <laughs> yeah. retweet one of my tweets. I just got, I got like, I had a viral tweet, but like, it went to oh, my yeah. head so quickly. Oh yeah. Like, 20k likes, like 1.5k retweets, and I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. Everyone sees me. Like, everyone saw my tweet and laughed at it. But like, mm-hmm. that's that's a lot. Like, the lie I'm hearing is that. People know me and they love me and like everyone mm-hmm. cares about what I'm posting or yeah. even like I, at one point in time too, like, this is why I hate social media. Not just cause like everyone, everyone else uses <laughs> it, but like, um, like someone would like follow me in high school and I kind of like figure out, like try to figure out who it is or like, mm-hmm. but now I look back, I'm like, who cares? Like they right. don't, I don't even care <laughs> right. that like I was following that person or not following that person in reality, like growing up. Right. Yeah. No, I look back. I'm like, well, I was kind of an idiot. I cared <laughs> so much about uh, yeah. feeling known um, than I did about like the actual gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, all while I barely even knew what the actual gospel was. Uh, yeah. But yeah, slight tangent. I don't no, that's all right. completely hate it. Right. But, but yeah, I, I think it's important to speak into like, yeah, checking yourself. And, and checking yourself is not just in like your interactions with people. It's your, your own thoughts and, and the way you feel about the world. Because I, I like to, I think I identify as being a cynical person. And so I like to point at things and be like, oh, it might not be that great. Or, oh, like, I'm sure that they don't mean that nice thing that they said. But, you know, that is, that is not the way that, that we're called to be as Christians, right? That's not the mentality we're supposed to have. And 
yeah, the hard check is not, is not the rod, right? It's not, it's not to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, to be, you know, punished with, it's not a punishment, but it's, it's, uh, yeah. Being a shepherd, right? The staff, oh man, full circle with that analogy. Whoa. It's not the rod, <laughs> it's the staff, right? It's to, guide, it's to guide you back onto the path. It's not for punishment. Hmm. Yeah. So moving on a little bit, we talked, this is also kind of go back to social media though. Cause it's your, one of your Instagram <laughs> accounts. Um, mm-hmm. you had like a poetry page. I was low key kind of stalking you mm-hmm. day <laughs> to figure out yeah, what we no, want to I, talk about. I love but, that you did research. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, but what, what really is it? And like, how have you used that to like glorify God and like, um, put out your thoughts too. Yeah. So it's funny that, that that's what you said because you, you texted me about the things you were going to ask me about. And you said, how have you used your poetry account or your poetry to glorify God? And the truth is I haven't and never Mm -hmm. intended to. And I, so that the time that I was writing, I was very depressed and I had so many, I was going through a breakup and I was dropping out of school and, and life was happening to me. And so I, I'm not someone that identifies as depressed, right? It was really hard for me to, to, um, what's the word? Uh, not identify, uh, like prescribe, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to figure out that that's what was going on in my life because Casey Gaylord is the the happy, positive guy. And he's always, you know, has a joke and, and all these things. And that was who I identified with, who I resonated with that character. But then there's this other Casey who stayed in his apartment for two weeks and didn't leave and would sleep through all of his alarms and would skip all of his classes and didn't want to hang out with his friends. And I kind of just like ignored that guy. <laughs> and so when I finally came to terms with what was happening and kind of finally, um, yeah, realized that that's what was going on. I just had so many feelings and didn't know where to put them and didn't know where to go with them. And so I started writing poetry. I, uh, I had written a little bit in high school and enjoyed it and um, had taken a poetry class in college and loved it. But I never really like actively wrote uh, through that time. And it was almost like an instinct for me to start writing. And so mm. if you, if you look on, on that page, there are a couple that are really, really sad and really, really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing, right? I think there's something beautiful about uh, the human brain and being at rock bottom and, mm. and we want to create something like we want to put something into the world that is ours. And that is, is so beautiful to me. And um, that's what I did. Right. I, I, yeah. I had nowhere else to go and I had nothing else to do. And so I created and um, it eventually made a turn to being more positive and, and about hope and, and having hope, which is, yeah, it's cool to like see kind of see my journey through uh, my depression uh, period in my poetry yeah. you can see it shift in, in tone um but I don't really much write that much anymore hmm. I I don't I, I don't really have yeah life is good I don't really have a whole lot, lot to write about and so if you see me writing poetry again you might want to check in on me and see how I'm doing. But, <laughs> yeah. um yeah the illustrations were done by a friend of mine I just reached out and said you know will you do that and and she did an amazing job and yeah, it was, it was so awesome to have an outlet for my emotions because I wasn't going to church when I was writing that poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, that was in the summer, uh, you know, beginning of the, of the spring summer section where I wasn't going to church. And so uh, I couldn't, I wasn't even praying about, you know, my emotions. I wasn't, yeah, it, it was just a really, it was a bright spot and a really rough time for me. And I'm glad that I have those relics 
uh, and and I think it's good poetry. Also, <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I it's thought it was pretty good. Like, I was reading to some of them. I was like, huh. Yeah, and I, and I see Jenna Linhart comes saying, "I love this." Yeah, like, I'm very proud. <laughs> very proud of 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 the yeah of the creations and 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 of what I was able to accomplish in such a a, a poor mental state. And so, mm. um, yeah, it was great, and it was such a uh, useful tool that I had. Uh, I didn't know that I had in my belt, right? To mm. to kind of uh, yeah, push me through that time. So. Yeah, I did not use it to glorify God. Um, maybe I'll I'll like write lyrics to a worship song or something soon. Yeah, follow up question with that though. Like, it's kind of curious. Like, has that ever translated to like any spiritual discipline? Like, do you journal a lot, or like, nope, really? I thought <laughs> no, you would so... be when I asked when I thought of the question. I was like, huh, maybe you you can talk about like journaling because right yeah. now at least I journal a lot. Every week I just write down like what's God doing in my life. It might be like nothing prophetic, obviously, or nothing like. Especially right. every week, but like, I don't know. I wish I wish I did. That'd be cool. But no, I <laughs> I think uh, so. One year at summer games, they they made the huddle leaders take notes, and I never stopped taking notes in church from that. And so that is, I I, I take pretty avid notes from Sunday services, but I don't do really do any journaling or anything like that. Mm. It'd be What's cool. If I, did. I think there's been like four podcasts where I just ask people if they journaled. Because <laughs> Kelsey, my first one, she said, "Yeah, I used to write a lot. I wanted to be like a writer." Mm. Oh, do you journal? No, never have. <laughs> like, oh, well, <laughs> that's ruined. And then mm-hmm. there's someone else. I think I think it was Lisa. Mm-hmm. And I asked you <laughs> one day. Someone would tell me that they journal with me, and you'll find a fellow journaler at some I'll point. I'll find a fellow journal. Depends on how many episodes you do. Well, keep it we'll going. see. I'll probably yeah. just make these for fun over the school yeah, year. I don't really know. Great. They're awesome. Thank you. Um, another thing I want to talk about, though. You've been a lot in, like, youth ministry growing up. You've also been in, like, college ministry. Like, what do you love about each? And, like, I don't know. What's different yeah. about each? Because I know some people sure. who just, just got into, like, the church at all in college, never been to youth ministry or uh, in a youth group ever, like, just meeting Jesus first time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of give your experience with like both. Sure. What do you love about both too? So as far as youth ministry, I think it's hard. When I think back to my time in youth ministry, mostly middle school, because I, I, like I said, in, in high school, I kind of drifted away because I was so busy with extracurriculars with, you know, I, I was in a ton of music things in high school and then I you know sports as well. And I just like put that on the back burner. I, it didn't really affect, like I was still, pretty legalistic and, and still believed in God. It just, I wasn't involved as much as I would have liked or as much as I should have been. But um, when I think back to my ministry growing up before college, I think it was such a good baseline for me and to kind of set my Christian moral compass uh, and set me on that path because I knew, I knew that Jesus cared for me and I knew that he wanted the best in my life and I knew about sin and that was that was really the only reason that I avoided it was just because I had that baseline knowledge. And so to get involved in high school and middle school, it's so funny because you just think like you've lived a lot of life in high school and you just <laughs> definitely haven't. And uh, even now as a 24-year-old, I know that I haven't lived a lot of life yet, right? Even still. But I look back at when I was 15 or or 13, right? 
And I, I thought I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to pers- is perspectivize a word. I'm going to use it. It's hard know. to perspectivize <laughs> where you're at or have perspective on where you're at. But that was the most important thing for me. And, and talking about camp, then that was, that was my local church experience, but talking about camp, it's so awesome to be able to see older Christians that aren't your parents or pastors uh, interacting in, in a Christian community. And it's so, it's, it's so important to learn that people that are older than you are Christians still, right? Cause you, yeah. you're not motivated to go to youth. Group. I mean, I'm sure some people are, I wasn't right. I, I was like, Oh, I got better things to do than go to youth group. But it's so important to be in a Christian community and to maintain Christian community throughout your life. Some of my best friends are people I met in camp uh, when I was, you know, in sixth grade or seventh grade. So uh, Micah Hales, I just went, I was his best man in his wedding two weekends ago and I met him at summer games, right? Years ago. And so to, to understand what Christian community looks like, you know, when you're in middle school to look up and see college age students that are, are living as Christians and you're like, Oh, okay. So they can, you can do that, you know, as, as a cool older kid, right. Mm-hmm. You can, you can be a cool Christian, right. In this world, right. Cause in high school and middle school, Christianity is not cool, right. Like no one, unless, unless you go to that, a school that's like, you know, identifies as Christian or, or a faith-based school, like it's not, you're not a cool kid and well, at least in my experience, I can't speak for, that's a, yeah. a general statement, but yeah, it wouldn't have upped my, my, my popularness if I, if I said that I was a, a follower of God, but you learn and you're, you're able to, yeah, see older people doing it and, and people you look up to doing it. So that is the youth ministry side, right? It's, it's just so important to like learn what, what being a Christian is, is about and, and what it's like and what it looks like. And in college ministry, the thing that I enjoyed most about that is the, the ability to go deeper, right? And to mm-hmm. just like genuinely have people that care about you and your eternal soul, right? And, and care about your sin struggles and want to be there for you. And that was where I just, you know, and, and I have friends from, from that, from, from my college ministry that, uh, that I still talk to. And, you know, one texted me yesterday and, and asked how I was doing and said he missed me. Right. And like, it's, it is just such a, yeah, important thing to have in life. And, and it just is, is such a, a cool thing, but speaking about like going deeper. So I, I'm, I grew up in the church and so I knew all the stories. I knew Jonah and right. And Sodom and Gomorrah and all these things and, and all the stories, but, um, being able to dig into those stories and, and just ask tougher questions. That was, was fun for me. And you can't really do that with middle schoolers, right? You yeah. can't ask like, what was God trying to tell these people? And like, you know, it's just like, I don't know, they love them. Right? <laughs> That's like the answer. But when you, right, when you get but... to college, people crave that, that deeper knowledge and, and deeper theology. And uh, it's, it's cool to like grow in that and in an understanding of God's character. And so, it's kind of like, like school, like, right. Like when you're a kindergartner, you're just learning the basics, right. You're just learning stuff that you need to know, like the main things. But when you get to college courses, it's a little more specialized and it's a little more in depth. Um, and your faith journey is, is kind of the same way if you get plugged in. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of growth throughout the whole process and I'm, and I'm still growing today and I'm working in ministry. Right. Right. Yeah. Last thing. 
Mm-hmm. Last like final topic. Mm-hmm. Something I always love talking about is tattoos. You just got like a new something that was on your right arm. Yep. What 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 is in like? Tell me about that a little bit. I'm curious. Sure. So tell the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've always wanted tattoos since I was in high school, but I first of all I was kind of scared, and I I care about. I love my parents so much and I care about what they think of me and they don't really like tattoos. And so I, it wasn't something that I like needed to do right away. Like when Mm -hmm. I turned 18 or anything, but it was something that I saw myself doing in the future. But I, because I wasn't urgent about it, I could wait and see like what my life would look like and what my career would be. And kind of, yeah, didn't want to like quote unquote ruin that for myself. Like if I, because I think that's the stigma of tattoos or at least it used to be when I was growing up. Uh, was, you know, they're unprofessional and, uh, you know, business people or whatever will like, you know, discount your whatever that, that I think that's shifting. Well, I know that's shifting. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Yeah. I, so I got this Bible. I had my, like, I had my, like, I don't know, confirmation Bible for a long time. And once I got super involved in, in college ministry, I wanted to buy a Bible for myself that way, you know, it was, I, I owned it and it was something I invested in and something that, um, it, it was, you know, it's funny because, because it's my own Bible, it's, it's more convicting for me if I don't pay attention to it. Right. It's more, hmm. uh, it's more motivating if I, when I read it, cause it's, it's something, you have ownership of something and you care for it more. But, um, I had a friend of mine design the outside of it. Right. So hmm. my favorite scripture now and at the time was Psalm one, one to three. And uh, I wish I could show you could have this on Spotify, but you can't. Uh, I don't know if you're recording video for, for anywhere else. But so this is on the outside of my Bible. And this imagery I had just loved for so long since since it was there. And uh, that was like two or three years ago and decided that I wanted to get that as a tattoo. And so, um, yeah, when I came back to church, I was like, now's the time. Like, it means so much more to me. So, so Psalm 1, let's go there. And let's flip there yes. in the little Bible. We just went there in salt. Uh, Psalm 1? Yeah. I was just thinking about stuff. it just now, too. It's good stuff. All right. 1 to 3. Uh, I 1 to 4 is actually what it is. But uh, I have 1 to 3 in my Instagram bio because I think – We'll read one to four. I'll talk about four and then we'll get back to the tattoo. But all right, here we go. Are you there? Yeah, yeah. All right. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff the wind drives away. So when we look at verse four, we say the wicked are not so, and they are are like chaff, which is essentially like, like waste or Mm -hmm. like, you know, fallen branches or, or dead leaves. Uh, the wind drives them away. And so when, when you're kind of, I do air quotes a lot more than I thought, but for the podcast, (laughs) quote unquote, when you're quote unquote, Instagram evangelizing right in your bio, or, uh, when you have scripture in there, I, I think it's tough for me to feel good about putting something that's, that's just convicting, uh, there if if a non-christian approaches that and sees the wicked are not so like they are not prosperous they are that that's a pretty harsh thing to hear if you don't believe in god right that mm. is only getting the convicting side of the gospel that we're talking about right because they're not gonna they're not gonna love the part that's all positive they're gonna focus in because i think that a lot of the times our worldview the worldview of 
of people that are not Christians is, oh, well, they think we're bad people, right? And so I don't want to, I don't want to promote that narrative anymore than, than I, like, right. we got to understand, we got to, we got to understand the, the love first, and then the conviction comes, then the, the understanding of sin. Yeah, it's all important. But I think when, when I want someone to look into the Bible, I don't want them to feel bad about themselves. Anyway, that's not to say that sin isn't bad. It is. And okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> you, you get the point. But anyway, um, yeah, so the second half of verse three, uh, that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither, right? So, so when we look at my tattoo, here, I'll, I'll put the, the old video down, right? We have the progression of, of like a tree's stage of life, right? And to me, that represents like our life journey or our faith journey, right? Where we're growing, we're growing, we're growing. And we might have a down season or we might have a season where we don't feel like we're bearing fruit, but trees always come back in the fall, right? Or no, mm-hmm. after the fall, in the spring, they get, they, they lose their leaves in the fall. I'm not a, I'm not an arbalist. I'm pretty sure that's an arborist. I think that's a, a person. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> arborist. Look, look it up. Anyway. Yeah. And this tree, this, this tree that's withered here is not dead. And I think that is where we feel a lot of the time. We feel mm-hmm. that we don't have any fruit. We feel like we don't have any leaves, like we're a barren tree, right? But, but that's not the reality of our situation. And it, it really, I think after, after my, my journey away from church and back to church, I, I super resonated with the idea of, of a barren tree and a tree back to life, right? God was still involved in each step of that process, you know, whether we felt it or not. And so, yeah, I, I just love that, that mentality and that picture. And, um, I'm just, I'm so excited to use this tattoo as an evangelism opportunity. It's, it's funny because, you know, some of the, the guys that Tyler mentioned, uh, you know, Caleb Moody and Grant Clifton, and I, I hung out with those guys as well. And we, now I'm the, the final member of the right forearm tattoo gang, right? So we all have tattoos. So originally I was going to get it on my left, uh, just because. Yeah, they keep telling me to get my tattoos on my right arm. <laughs> like, I'm right. like And so oh, no. <laughs> originally I was going to get it on my left because, you know, that's, like non-dominant is where you accessorize. That's, that's male fashion 101. Uh, and they were like, no, well, you use your right hand more. So why would you not get your Christian tattoo on your right arm? And so people will ask you about it. And I was like, that's good enough reason for me. And so I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so great. And, and it has already been such a blessing to, to my evangelism journey in life. And um, just being able to, cause, cause people love tattoos, whether they love Christ or not. Right. And so, uh, they'll always ask you about it because it's interesting and it's a conversation starter. So yeah. yeah, it's, it's just a great reminder to me about my faith journey and, you know, the steadfast love of God and yeah, it's a great evangelism tool. And, and I just, I just love it. So mm. it's, yeah. it's, very, it's very awesome that this was drawn. Uh, oh yeah, no, that's, that's really, I, I, I didn't know we get the design from it. It's like it, really cool to look back at it now. And it would be such a great representation of, of how my life has ended up. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I think the really interesting about at least like, uh, the idea of like being a tree, um, while for one, we talked about salt too, like Jesus is like that perfect beautiful tree. Um, another thing too is like trees take about like 60 years to be like that big and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus doesn't start his life of ministry until like he's like 30. And even so before that too, he's like in the word constantly. He's like, um, we see Jesus talking about the word all the time. Like, like how he needs to like delight in that and be in it. Um, and I think even so, like looking at that, I find it really interesting. Like when Paul and Jesus talk about like being the word, mm-hmm. they're not talking about the new Testament. They don't have that. Sure. 
right. um, they're talking about like the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, people are really scared of the Hebrew Bible a lot, uh, <laughs> Old Testament, whatever people want to call it. Um, but like, yeah, reading through like people just love like oh Psalms, Proverbs, Genesis, but like we'll forget the rest. We we'll forget the prophets, the um, the writing stuff like that. But like, yeah, no, those are essential. Uh, right. Jesus says, or what Jesus teaches about like the Hebrew Bible is that it guides us. It shows us the history of our salvation and the character and the, of God. Yeah. And the lengths yeah. that God will go to save you. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Hosea and like the wording it has in that, like how sure. we are spiritual adulterers and like we are basically, he basically calls us prostitutes. <laughs> well, he does. And, but no, God, it's a metaphor. Yeah. But God in his love pursues us anyways. And like yeah. loves his bride, even yeah. though they were a prostitute. Yeah. And going back to, to Psalm one, just another thing that I like about it is, is not just the, the promise of, of not being withered, right? The promise of, of yeah, always bearing fruit. If we're, if we're in the word is just, it's such a great image. And, and the reason why I think this is the, the well, not, I think I know this is the main reason why I like it is it, it just paints such a beautiful picture of what a man of God looks like and should look mm. like, right? Like he, he avoids sin. He, um, yeah, is, is meditative on the word. He is, is prosperous in everything that he does, which is in the name of Jesus, right? These are all things that, that I want to strive for in my life that, that I want to be this, this powerful tree by the stream of the word of God, right? Like those are, it's such a motivating and uh, well-constructed picture of what we're called to be as men of Christ. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new tattoo for me too. I want to talk about this too. I was going to use this as a lead the weight. Yeah. <laughs> but for sure. I'm going to need a tattoo for Psalm 23 pretty soon. I think June 30th at like 11 is my. Mm, I got mine the day after my birthday. It's my birthday present to myself. This is my one. This is like my fourth one. I have three impulse tattoos. This is my fourth <laughs> impulse tattoo. Nice. <laughs> but uh, it's out of Psalm 23. It's um like verse. I was still there. I don't know why I was trying to think of it. I'm in Psalms anyways. I'll go there with uh, somebody. <laughs> Psalm 23.5. Uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And I didn't know anything about this verse mm-hmm. beforehand. But uh, during, during Bible times, during that time, like you would fill a guest's cup up with water. And you keep filling up if you want them to stay. And you would just leave it empty if you want them to leave. Uh, really subtle. And you, they would just leave after that. Um, but the thing with us kind is that... Passive like, aggressive, huh? Yeah, basically. Just like, uh, your cup's kind of empty. You can get yeah. out if you want. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm not going to give you more water. Uh, but the, the really cool thing about it is like, no, my cup overflows. Like, God mm. keeps filling it back up. And it's overflowing. Like he desperately does not want me to leave. He wants yeah. me to stay. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting so a nice awesome. like little chalice with water flowing out. I don't know. I told the so artist awesome. like, do what you want with the, do what you want with the art. I don't really care. Yeah. Um, maybe That's he's going to make like a wave coming out the top. That'd be kind of cool. On your right arm, care. right? On my left arm. I'm on my Ooh. right arm. Oh, this is weird. I want to get, <laughs> I want to get, do you like all the sevens in Revelation? Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned like seven uh, trumpets, lamps, whatever. Oh yeah. Um, I want to get like a little symbol for each of the sevens on my right arm. Nice. So it'll be just look super weird. It's gonna be super simple, like a ton of just weird lines. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Revelation is pretty dope. 
And so it's funny because you hear about like, oh, once you get one tattoo, you, you won't be able to stop. And that's so true. I already have my next one planned. I, uh, <laughs> and then, so it'll be on my side and, and the, it's a mixture of two kind of ideas. The first one is there's a, a United Pursuit song called uh, Nothing I Hold On To. And in that there's lyrics that say, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And they do, a very, oh, yeah. it's called climb yeah. also, which is the main part, but that's, they're intermixed. But um, yeah, I will climb this mountain with my hands wide open is, has always been, they, they used to sing that at camp a lot. And so that. it was always such an important lyric to me because, you know, if nothing else is going right in my life, if I have nothing, I can still open my hands and walk towards God, right? Like that I will climb whatever mountains in front of me with my hands wide open, like trusting in God to provide the path for me. Um, so I'm going to have mountains in the background and then I'm going to have two paths leading to those mountains. One will be lit up, which is for Psalm 119, 110 or 110, 119. I don't remember one of those two, but uh, your word is a, a light to my path, right? Which is that idea. And then the other path is going to be kind of trampled on and kind of like way of the world. Right. And um, that will be of Proverbs something where it says like they prepare an evil path for themselves Mm. or yeah. And so it's just like, what path will I choose? Like I'm going to have struggles in life no matter what. So what path will I choose to approach them? Right. What, what way will I choose? Right. The way of the Lord that's, that's lit up before me that, that tells me the way to do, to do, to do right. Right. Or, or the way that will lead to my destruction. Right. And so, Mm. yeah, just all of my tattoos will, will be biblical and and, same. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else I get, but like at least I got last year I got a cross just like man, I was super bored. I called a friend, like, hey, wanna like go get a tattoo with me? And just got it. Yeah. Um then I got like something else on my arm. Uh something from camp, but it's like my birth certificate. Mm-hmm. New life in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then recently I got on um, my left arm alabaster flask, which I really enjoy yeah. out of Mark 14. Yep. Um is listening I'm, i don't feel like explaining right now because there's a lot to explain the whole story <laughs> but you can look it up or ask me about it later um <laughs> yeah, yeah i uh, i'm just, i'm too romantic and sentimental to get an impulse tattoo it has to it has to be rich with meaning for me so but you never know <laughs> it just happens like all of a sudden like i just because well with my alabaster flask on my left arm i kind of just um that saw a conference over um in february and then they were talking about like, even for this, I was like wanting to get a new tattoo anyways, but they're talking about like having an inward revival, mm-hmm. like start in my circle first, like, like make a circle around you and like praying that first, like revel my heart first mm-hmm. and then revel in everyone else's hearts. Um, but I was thinking about that. I was like, Oh, remember that one tat or like verse chapter, whatever that was like talking about this anyways, um, Mark 14. And I remember like some company named like Alabaster Comics Bibles, like had like a great design. So I it all came together, <laughs> all came together. I thought about yeah. it and I was like, next, the next weekend, always I had a touch up for all my tattoos. And so <laughs> it was kind of stupid. I went to tattoo shop. I went to for my touch up was in Ames, but then I went to, before that I went to a tattoo shop in Ankeny just cause they did walk in. So I got mm-hmm. that in the morning, um, went to a meeting. It was disgusting. I was all bloody and stuff. <laughs> Um, and then later today I went to the other shop and they're like, Oh, did you come here earlier today to get like a new tattoo? I'm like, no, or no, I said, I lied. I said, uh, yeah, I was here earlier. <laughs> Cause I don't want them to be like, or tell them like, Oh yeah, I went to a different shop. Right. And I'm here right now though, getting a tattoo. So 
don't don't worry about me i lied i'm not gonna lie <laughs> um eventually i'll i'll get a half sleeve above my my on my right arm too is what i want but I'm i don't know what that would look like and also i've been working out so you know i don't know how big my biceps are gonna get so kind of want to wait on that <laughs> that was a joke you huge. didn't laugh you didn't laugh right away and so i thought maybe <laughs> you might be thinking i was serious i didn't know like some like <laughs> what, what am i supposed to do about that is like huh yeah right so <laughs> i shouldn't put that pressure on you but i do okay. want to half sleeve yeah eventually i do want to i I would get both arms. Oh, my family would hate me. My dad, the first time. Yeah. My mom, my mom was mad I ruined my beautiful skin. Your she, skin is she, really nice. she likes it. She likes you it. You have nice skin. She didn't, she didn't like it before I got it. She didn't like the idea. But she My likes parents it don't know. It's been two, or almost a year now. <laughs> I wouldn't be very good at hiding things from my parents. So. Sometimes, like, this is kind of funny, kind of bad, but uh, it's like 90 degrees out. I'm wearing a sweatshirt. How my dad decides, like, what are you doing? Yeah, the skin or the sun takes long to hit my skin display, Dad. <laughs> I like, know I'm just covering tattoos go. right now. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> that's all right. But God still loves you. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Last thing too. Um, is there like an email people can like, or some somehow someone can contact you? If they feel like they want to ask more questions or like have anything to talk about with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my email for my church is kcg c-a-s-e-y-g at christchurchdavenport.org so that you can email me there or you can follow me on instagram at not casey gaylord um yeah feel free to reach out with anything i am pretty comfortable with with uh with sharing or talking or yeah meeting new people so all about it all right one There it is, everyone. If you enjoyed it, uh, give us a follow on Instagram at the Upside Down Kingdom Podcast. Um, I'll be posting more updates for when I'm recording new podcasts and stuff. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone.